Ephesians 4 there, and look at verse number 30, 31. It says this, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And that's why here's, here's what I understand, and that is this. We have to put away anger, and in so doing, we've got to be able to forgive. So we have to resolve anger. Now, why don't you go there? Uh, go to the next one there, Vanessa. We have to resolve anger. And that, number one, that is this. We've got to guard our heart. Uh, guard your heart. Ephesians 4.30. Look at Ephesians 4.30. says this. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption. And so in order to guard my heart, that word says to grieve not the Holy Spirit. That word grieve literally means to afflict with sorrow. When I leave anger that is unresolved in my life or in my heart, I'm going to grieve the Holy Spirit. So he says, listen, you've got to put anger away from you if you do not. You're going to grieve the Holy Spirit. You're going to afflict this sorrow on the Holy Spirit, which means this. If I'm, going to, if I'm grieving and I'm afflicting this sorrow, and I'm another, another way it would be like kind of quenching, but just, just diminishing the impact of the Holy Spirit in my life, I'm going to have a very hard time listening to the Holy Spirit, recognizing the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit. And so that anger is a, or any of those things listed in verse 31, bitterness and wrath and anger are things that are going to be grieving and afflicting sorrow. So here, here's, here's the thing. You say, Pastor, I really want to get, get, you know, get through my relationships or get through my anger, get through whatever. One of the very first things we have to realize is We've got to guard that heart. If you already have something harbored, then we have to learn how to forgive. And that's a, it's a, that's its own process in itself. Once you got a clean slate, then you got to make sure you guard it. When something arises and something hits you, guard that heart. Because once I let that foothold of anger or bitterness or anger or wrath get in there, it starts to grieve. And then have a hard time yielding the Holy Spirit and have a hard time working in a relationship because something in the back of your heart, in the back of your mind is there that just kind of grieves that spirit and has a hard time having a very strong relationship. So um, number two, that is this, guard your mouth. So guard your heart. Make sure anger does not get a foothold. Number two, guard your mouth. And um, sticks and stones may what? <clears throat> but words will never... Yeah, how many know that's, that's out of the Bible? I'm saying amen to that. We know that's in the Bible. But uh, but how many know that um, we have said things we should not have said? Right? Uh, it's just, just the way it is. And so I have to make sure I guard my mouth. Here's look at verse 29. Ephesians 4, look at verse 29. Let no corrupt, what? Communication. Communication. Proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of the edifying. So here it is. He says... Basically this, watch what you say. Nothing corrupt. The word corrupt means bad or decayed or filthy or defiled. Nothing that would create something that would defile the relationship or defile the marriage. And so when you use harsh words, you're hurting the heart of the relationship. Now listen, you can, we can exist. We can hold hands on the sofa. We can kiss. And uh, we can, that's all good. But if I don't guard that mouth, there's going to be a deep heart or deep hurt in the heart. It's going to take a long time to be fixed. 
and if it's in the past, the parents, siblings, etc., etc., all those deep wounds, I got to make sure I get those fixed. But make sure that I guard my heart. Here's here's an old saying, and that is this: hurting people hurt people. You've heard that before. And so, if you've ever been hurt before, more times than not, you yourself might find yourself be hurting others. Now, we might justify it and say, well, this is just the way it is. She hurt me. I'm just going to lash out. But be very careful uh, because hurting people do hurt people. And so we got to guard your mouth, make sure that those things are uh, just think twice before you speak and all that. But 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says this, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. And uh, manners is talking about our relationships. So my speaking, my speech is very, very, very important. So, uh, just just think about this. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Out of the abundance of the heart, which means this. That's Matthew 12, 34. When I say hurtful words, here's what the other person thinks. I know she's angry, he's angry, but they really mean it. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Is why well, I didn't really mean it. Okay, that's nice, but you said it. There's some truth involved. Well, I didn't really want to. This just came out. Well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So I have to make sure I'm very careful to guard my heart, but guard my mouth. And so I preached a sermon on Sunday night about silence is golden. Mm-mm. So make sure you guard those two things. Uh, we're talking about resolving anger. Guard your heart, guard your mouth. Now, here we go. Seven steps to resolving conflict. Seven steps to resolving conflict. Okay, so we're talking about this bitterness, wrath, anger. Pastor, how do I put this? It says, put, look at verse number uh, um, 31. Be put away from you with all malice. So I want to take these things and put them away. So here are some practical steps on putting these things away from us. In other words, this, to resolve the conflict. Conflict creates wrath, anger, bitterness, okay? And so how do I put these things away? Out of verse number 31 there. Uh, number one, here we go. Keep your heart for God. Uh, Proverbs 4, 23. And if you want to look at it, go ahead and look at it. Proverbs 4, 23. Keep your heart for God. Well, how important this is. Um, it says this keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the what the issues so when you have an argument it's usually over a what issue an issue how many of you have issues am I the only one Uh, I got issues man if you ask my wife, she's going to say, yeah, Bill's got issues. <laughs> he's got some serious issues. He's weird, he's great, whatever. But he's got issues. But he says, keep your heart with all diligence. Because out of it, the heart, are the issues of life. And so all these issues are going to come from the heart. And so it's just going to come out. And so if I'm seeking for God or I'm keeping my heart for God, Making sure that's the main, and I always say it over and over again, but that's the main thing. that I make sure that I have my walk with God, I have my prayer time, and keeping my heart searching for God. 
then those issues are going to come out. Prayerfully, they're going to be good, godly issues. And pure things will come out because it comes out of the heart. If defilement comes out, if this anger comes out, if the speech comes out, it's because there's something in the heart. And so we got to make sure I keep that heart clean, keep the heart right, but man, keep that heart for God, okay? Number two, and that is this. Bear, <clears throat> bear with your spouse's weaknesses. Now, don't raise your hand because I don't want you to incriminate your spouse, but how many of you here would say, just raise the hand from your heart, okay? Just like, yeah, it's there, it's there. Uh, but how many of you would say that your spouse has weaknesses? We all would. I would tell you, my, my wife's not here, so my wife's got a lot of problems. So, so, uh, but my wife has a lot of weaknesses. But can I say this? I also realize that I have a lot of weaknesses as well. But you're the pastor of the church. I got weaknesses. Uh, my wife's going to tell you that. And um, that's why she's not in this class. <laughs> so, anyway, but um, but bear, look, at, look at Romans chapter 15. Romans 15, look at this real quick. Romans 15, uh, verse number 1. Romans 15, verse number 1. It says this, We then that are strong, I'll give you a second here, still turn the pages, Romans 15, and uh, verse number 1. I cheat because I have all this ahead of time put in my notes, and so I don't, I don't turn to it, but anyway. Romans 15, 1 says this, We then that are strong ought to what? Bear. Bear the what? infirmities of the weak. The infirmities literally means weaknesses or diseases, which means this. There are times when one spouse is strong. The husband can be strong spiritually and the wife is weak spiritually. There's times where the wife is strong and the husband gets weak. Or they say that opposites attract. How many say it? And that's true. Y'all are opposites in some areas, right? And, oh, yeah, we're opposite, all right. We're too opposite. We're so opposite, we shouldn't even ever get married. Um, well, listen very carefully. There's a lot of truth to that opposites attract because the strong bears the infirmities of the weak. That's what it's talking about, which means this. The areas where I'm strong, she might be weak in, and the areas that she's strong, I might be weak in, and we complement each other. And so I have to learn how to use that conflict of strengths and weaknesses in our relationship and use that as a strengthening tool to say, wait, wait a minute, I want to compliment her. Wait a minute, she's going to say, wait, wait, I need to compliment him. But we both must realize that we have weaknesses and allow our strengths to compliment each other instead of feeling as if, oh, no, no, he's attacking me. Or she's attacking my weaknesses and she's, she's hitting me. And So as opposed to yelling at, you're so such a dirty pig. You know, and you leave filthy plates everywhere, and you do this and that. You got junk all over the floor. Okay, so he has a weakness. So her strength is cleanliness. Now, would to God that men would be clean, but in most cases they're not. In some cases they are. Everybody's different, but her strength is I can help him with that. Now, on the flip side of that is this, man. She spends all the money. Good grief. And so the man's strength sometimes is frugality. 
And so, uh, so he's able to say, okay, I'm going to be able to help her in that weakness. But here's the thing. He has to recognize that he's a dirty slob. And she has to recognize that she can't control money. And so once you recognize, okay, I got a weakness, okay, I got a weakness, and you both have the strengths to help each other, then you have to just reconcile to say, we're going not to allow our weaknesses to create conflict, but rather allow our strengths in our marriage to complement each other. But we both must recognize it. And we both must admit my weakness and her weakness. And uh, But here's the thing. I cannot pinpoint her weakness. Big mistake. And she's going to have a hard time pinpointing his or my weakness. Big mistake, right? I must admit it. It has to come from it has to come from the actual person. So, very important. So here we go. Uh, with bear bear with your spouse's weaknesses. I want you to give this thought. The devil deceives many people into thinking they can find someone better than their current spouse. But that is always a lie. Well, I tell you what, I just, bam. She's got so many, or he's got so many things. It just, it just, it's just, pastor, it's just not going to work. I mean, I mean, I, I got a list of sins that he does, and it's just not good. It's just, ah, la, 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 Bear with those weaknesses. If I would have known what I got into, well, you did good thing, but you got to bear with your weakness. If I would have man, I just he hid all that from me. Bear with those weaknesses. We just and let let the strong bear the infirmities of the weak. Do not expect your spouse to be perfect or semi-perfect or remotely perfect. Amen, Mariana. I have a question. I live with my husband, right? <laughs> um, I was counseling a young lady, right? And she asked me a question. We were talking about weakness. Like, what is the difference between when do you determine weakness or sin? And basically, she's she being told to bear her husband's weakness, but it's pornography. Right. So that's Right. That's going to be on on like point number seven here, oh, okay. but but <laughs> but the issue on that would be she is going to probably need to seek some godly counsel on how to handle that because every case it's a good question by the way, uh, but every case is different, especially when talking about sin, pornography, drunkenness, drug drug addict. You know, I deal with all of those, uh, and every case is different. Uh, so what they're addicted to or what they're stuck with, uh, the weakness, the infirmity, the spiritual sin, the spiritual witness, wickedness and the weaknesses, um, and how for her, for as a, either spouse, husband or wife, uh, to respond to that, uh, boy, is, 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 is so depends on what the issue is, how deep the issue is, how often it is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera on how, what level to deal with that in order to help him. And so I'll give you a lot of examples as far as how a husband or a wife should help each other when they're addicted to some sin. And um, it all depends. Uh, so there's not like a black and white answer on that. It's more of a, hate to say gray area, but it is a gray area because it is all, it is, it's all relative to what that issue is. Uh, so one of the points would be, 
seek some godly counsel. That's number five, actually. But to seek some godly counsel. Uh, when you get to a point where, where you don't know what to do, when you have a spouse who is just just is a beast, a monster, you know, in sin or whatever, uh, then at that point, yes, seek some seek some godly counsel, uh, and somebody you know gives some advice about how to get that godly counsel. But uh, it's a really good question. How many understand that? Do you understand that question? Uh, how many say that it does hit home? It's a, it's a good point. Number three, uh, that is this, to seek God's knowledge. Seek God's knowledge. Proverbs 24, 3 says this, Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. Again, Proverbs 24, 3. Um, through wisdom is a house builded. So when I seek God's knowledge, I want to build my house. And I'm building my house through wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which give to all men. So I want to make sure that I'm seeking for godly knowledge. Now, another part of that answer would be seeking for God and seeking for wisdom and some godly knowledge and how to, you know, uh, address that. And, um, you know, so there's, uh, it's, it's funny you bring that up. That's like 10 questions that go along with that, like, you know, but um, anyway, to seek God's knowledge. Read and study Bible-based books about marriage. Okay, so uh, here, here's this book here, right? But there's many, many more books. I'm going to bring some more books in here as we go through. Um, but boy, just get books on marriage. Get books on God. Just, just wit, wise books, wisdom, books that contain a lot of wisdom. And but you have to trust the source. And so that's why this class is very good to introduce those things and and uh, whatnot. So um, seek for God. For, for God. Here's the thing: that is this. A lot of people will say, you know, I got a problem with my marriage. I'm going to I'm going to go to work. And talk to all the ladies at work. You know what my husband's doing? Oh, I cannot believe it. Shoot, man. You I tell you what. You know, you know, you know what I would do if that was my man? If that was my man's, I'd be kicking him out of the house. I'd throw his luggage on the porch and blah, 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 blah. If that was my man. Oh, is that what you would do? And you know, the other friend said, Oh, uh, girl, if that was my man, I would be cutting him. I would be doing all of that. You know, whatever. But listen, that's the wrong kind of knowledge to be seeking. Okay, and so be very careful, you know, guys. When they go to work, yeah, you know, my wife, she's just a piece of, you know, whatever. She don't ever listen to me. And man, I tell you what, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry for you. That's why I never got married. I'm telling you what, you ought to just leave her and high and dry and just do what you want. Be liberated, you know, <laughs> live, live a single life. You know, it's just nothing like it. I'm telling you what, I can do whatever I want, when I want, how I want. Nobody telling me what to do. Be very careful. That knowledge, you know, I hear that stuff all the time, you know, from guys or girls or whatever. So the knowledge you seek is incredibly important. And listen, don't listen to the world's knowledge. Do not listen to that whatsoever. You cannot do that. Big mistake. All right, number four. And I mean, I'm not going to finish this. That's a shame. And number four, spend time praying together. Spend time praying together. They say the family that prays together stays together. The family that prays together stays together. It's, it's very hard to argue when you're praying. Uh, hard to argue when you're connecting spiritually. Um, now, it doesn't necessarily mean that the pink elephant is resolved. It doesn't necessarily mean that the conflict is taken care of. But it sure does help to get through it every day. Number five, seek godly counsel. Now, this is what we're talking about here, but seek godly counsel. If you reach a point, listen to this point. If you reach a point in which there are issues or an issue that you cannot resolve, 
Find someone who can help. Never seek for counsel in the world. Talk about the girlfriends and the guy friends, but never seek for counsel in the world. Seek for somebody who is who is a godly person who knows the scriptures, who can give advice based on biblical counsel or biblical principle. That is a very, very key thing. Uh, somebody who is known in the scripture, somebody who is a good counselor, maybe somebody who can pinpoint the issue that you're going through. And so, you know, I, I have several counselors in my life. There are other pastors that I go to and I seek for counsel when I have an issue. And I do have issues. Uh, there's been times that I've received marital counseling because I, I've needed marital counseling in my life. And there's times that I've needed counseling as a parent to say, you know what, my kids are teenagers. I've got some struggles I've never seen before. And I need some good godly counsel. And so we, we all need good godly counsel. It doesn't matter what level you're at. And so when you get to an issue that you say, I can't, we, we, we just, we're button heads or he's in sin or she's in sin and it's just continual and it's just, it's just awful or whatever the case may be. You've got to get help. Let me just say this and I'm done. In a lot of cases, couples will wait too long. Too long. You don't want to wait until the bridge is already burnt. When the bridge starts to collapse, that's when you want help. Okay? Don't wait for it to fall all apart. The marriage is done. The words have been said. Hearts are seared. Hate is in the in the picture. Anger, hate, madness. Waited too long. When the when the pornography starts, or when the drugs start, or when the, the the drunkenness starts, or when the you know lust and you catch them lusting, or catch her lusting, or you catch you know this and that, when all these things start to happen, okay, wait a minute, gets red flag. You address the issue, denial, denial, denial. But you catch and you catch. When you have denial, denial, and you but you know what's going on, and you you have evidence, and you still have denial, you need godly help. Okay, I understand that. Uh, now, if he admits or she admits, okay, I did, I'm sorry, blah, 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 but is repentant and then but continues to repeat, continues to repeat and repent and repeat and repent and repeat, okay, you need some, you need some help. Uh, repent and then gets deliverance, great. But if, if it's repent and repeat, repent and repeat, then you need some help, okay? And figure out what do we need to do. If the spouse is saying, I don't want counsel, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't need help, I don't need help, so they are repenting and repeating but are denying counsel, then you as a spouse need to get your own counsel on how to deal with that. So that's a lot of stuff right there real quick, but I mean, understand what I'm saying there. And so again, these are just things that have these things be put away from you with all malice. I'm telling you, if we don't get those things resolved, if we don't get those things put away, there's going to be hurt, struggle, and conflict for a long time. And you'll be 50 years into your marriage saying, Pastor, sitting in the office and saying, Pastor, I hate my wife. I hate my husband. I spent 50 years as a miserable, miserable wife or a miserable, miserable husband. Don't do that. This is to be an extraordinary love. Amen.